DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life. What am I to do? The discernment of God's will in everyday decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. In our discussions on discerning the will of God, you've introduced us to the three modes that St. Ignatius of Loyola put forward for us to use in the big discernments of our life. And in our last conversation, we were just being introduced to that third mode. We had looked in the third mode, which is the preponderance of reasons, at um, what's often called the method of the four columns, so that a person sets out the two options in the choice and then prayerfully before the Lord looks at the advantages and disadvantages of each from the perspective of God's greater glory. What will serve, which choice will serve to make God more known and loved in this life and unto eternal life? Now, what we had done is to go through Ignatius' text and look at the various steps in that, how we prepare to do that, and then how we actually go through that prayerfully, considering the advantages and disadvantages of either option, and trying to see where it seems that the preponderance of reasons tends, suggesting that that option is for God's greater glory, and then bringing that in prayer before the Lord to seek the Lord's confirmation in our heart. And as always, we're always presuming that if it's an important discernment, especially we have access to a person of spiritual wisdom with whom we can uh, be speaking about the process as we go through it. But there's one question that we haven't yet faced with regard to this third mode of discernment. And that is, this is the third mode of discernment. It comes after a first and a second. Now, what if someone like the Brian, of whom we've been speaking uh, throughout these conversations, who is trying to discern together with his wife, Lisa, whether God wants him to continue his career in finance or whether God is calling him to leave that and move into medicine with all the years of study and, and the rest that this is going to involve and its impact on the family. And we'll say that um, Brian is in a process of discernment, has been for a few months, perhaps ideally is speaking with a spiritual guide, has not experienced the clarity beyond doubting of the first mode of discernment, nor has he experienced the, the attraction of the heart in time of consolation in a consistent way, which leads him then to know in second mode discernment that God has chosen or wants him to choose one option or the other. And so with the help of his director, has applied the third mode of discernment and looked at the advantages and disadvantages from the perspective of God's greater glory for the one option and the other. And as he sits today in chapel or in his room, prayerfully doing this uh, maybe a second and a third time, concludes 
his reflection and prayer and still doesn't feel like he has the clarity that he needs as to which of these options is God's will. What does Brian do then? And in this situation, Ignatius offers us a second way of doing third mode discernment. Let's go through that and then we'll go back and give an example of it. But this is the situation in which St. Ignatius offers us this second way of doing third mode discernment. When we have gone through the first way, the four columns, and don't yet have the clarity that we need, then there is the second way of proceeding within third mode discernment. And what Ignatius would invite Brian to do in this case, well, the spiritual director is going to invite Brian at this point to adopt and use the second way of doing third mode discernment. The director will invite Brian to return again to a place where his heart is at peace. This is the tranquil time of third mode discernment. And we'll say that Brian again sits before the Blessed Sacrament in his parish church or in the quiet of his room at home. And again renews before the Lord the disposition which is necessary for any real discernment of God's will. Whatever you want, Lord. Like we said so often, Mary's words, be it done to me according to your word. So the Brian prayerfully asks of the Lord the grace and senses in his heart that he is genuinely open to the one option or the other, to stay in finance or to move into a new career in medicine. The one thing he's waiting for is to know God's desire, God's will in this. He's like a, a, a balance at equilibrium, as Ignatius says, ready to go either way once God will show him which of these options God wants. When Brian senses that his heart is at peace and that his heart is now in that disposition of freedom, of openness, then Ignatius invites Brian to try three very simple tests, as it were, of what God might desire in this choice, of where the preponderance of reasons really really uh, leans in this particular case. And each of these very simple and effective um, tests that Ignatius invites Brian to pursue, helps Brian to objectify the situation, to get some distance from the choice so that he can see it more clearly, as it were, from a distance. The first of these tests would be Ignatius invites Brian to see another person whom he's never met, who is facing in these same circumstances this same discernment. And to explore which choice he would advise this man to make, or that is to say, more strictly, where he would advise this person, having gone through all the advantages and disadvantages, where he would advise this person to lean in the sense that that option seems to be the option which presents greater, more reasons, suggesting that it's for God's greater glory. Now, what this uh, very simple test does is it helps Brian take a distance from the choice that he's facing so that he can look at the advantages and disadvantages more objectively. And then Ignatius says, whatever you would tell that man to do in this same situation, do that now. And you have, you have found the Lord's will. The second of these tests is to do something of the same from the perspective of the point when life is ending. Brian situates himself at the end of his life and from that perspective looks back now on the moment that he's living. And Ignatius says, the choice that then you will have wished to make, make that now. Again, it's, it's 
this simple test or exercise offers a kind of clarity. From the perspective of the end of life, everything becomes very clear when we're poised on the edge of eternity and eternal life. And we'll sense that the one thing that at that time will really have mattered to us, will really matter to us, is that we had chosen what is truly for God's greater glory at this earlier point in life. And then the third of these exercises or tests is to look at the choice that Brian is now facing from the perspective and in the light of eternity. So Ignatius says, considering how on the day of judgment, I will look back on the decision that I'm making now, which choice at that point on the day of judgment will I have wished to make now? And then again, Ignatius will say, make now the choice that you will at that time wish you had made. I think it's important here to point out that this is not a question of eternal loss or eternal salvation. The person who is making this simple test is a person who loves God, wants to do God's will, and is choosing between, not between a good thing and a bad thing, but between two things which are good, in this case, um, finance or medicine, so that it's not a question of eternal loss or eternal salvation. It's a question of which choice helps me to love God more fully in the way that I will want to have loved God when I review my life on the day of judgment from that perspective. And then having gone through these simple tests, Ignatius invites the person to take what has now emerged in his heart before the Lord and bring this prayerfully before the Lord and seek the Lord's confirmation that he has now in fact seen truly the Lord's will. This may become a little clearer if I share uh, a personal experience in which this second way of doing the third mode of discernment uh, was of enormous help to me. I had been provincial in our community for 10 years at this point, which is already longer than generally a provincial exercises that role. In most religious congregations, a man might have that role for six years or possibly eight, but rarely would anyone have it that long? And um, was experiencing the tiredness uh, of the task. It's a lot of responsibility. The provincial has the response. It's basically for the men of his congregation, for the priests and brothers and seminarians of his community. He is basically for them what a bishop is for the priests of his diocese. He has that kind of responsibility. And I brought this consideration to conversation with my spiritual director, who was a wonderful Jesuit, now deceased, a man to whom I'll be forever grateful. And he listened to me. It was no surprise to him. We'd been talking about this for some time. And uh, this was on the verge of meetings over in Rome with our superior general and the other provincials from around the congregation. And my spiritual director counseled me to share with our superior general in Rome what I was experiencing in the role as provincial, which I did. We sat down together before the meetings began, and it was a very good meeting. Um, he, he said to me, in fact, the um, provincial in another one of our countries had shared with him something of the same. We were the two provincials who had been in the, in the role for 10 years at this point. And he got the two of us together and uh, sat down with us and said, I want you to know that I'm very happy with the work that both of you have done and are doing, and would be very happy to have you continue the next two years, which would complete the uh, second term as provincial. But he said, I'm aware that there's a certain tiredness in both of you. What I want both of you to do is to go through your own process of discernment and tell me 
what you think is better. If you want to continue in the task, I'm very happy to have you continue for two more years. If you think that given the tiredness and the number of years, it would be better to have someone else take over at this point, I'll be very happy to do that too. So I returned uh, back here to this country and had my next conversation with the spiritual director. Now at this point, I am exactly in the situation for which St. Ignatius offers us these, this whole process of discerning God's will and the three modes of discernment. As we've been saying from the beginning, this is a choice of some significance, that both options are good options, and I am free to choose the one or the other. So this is exactly the situation that St. Ignatius has in mind above all in this whole teaching on discerning God's will. So wisely, my spiritual director had me uh, spend a certain amount of time in prayer. I had done this and had not yet found in my heart clarity as to which of these options it seemed to me the Lord willed. And so the point came when um, my spiritual director suggested that we look to this third mode of discernment. And even then, he had me pray for a few weeks because he said it was important that when the point would come when I would sit down with the four columns, the advantages and disadvantages, it'd be very important to know that my heart really was free, that uh, the only thing I was seeking in this was God's greater glory, and uh, there was no other motivation at work. And after several weeks of prayer, in conversation, it seemed to him that I was ready now to do this. And so some days later, after that meeting, I sat in our small community chapel with a notebook, and uh, did just what St. Ignatius suggests. Wrote out on um, one page two columns with advantages and disadvantages, and the same for on the opposite page for the other option, whether to stay in in the task for another two years or whether I felt it was time for someone else to take it over. And when I considered this, found myself uncovering a number of reasons which seemed to suggest to me that it might be better that someone else take over the task at this point. Just to mention some of them, I'd been in the task for 10 years now, and there comes a point when you have given what you feel you can uh, in the task, and I had the sense that it might have been actually better for the members of our province now to have someone else who would bring a freshness and some new perspectives to things. I also noted the physical effort that it was costing me just to keep up with the ordinary work of the role of provincial at this point, because there was a pretty significant tiredness that had developed over these years. There was a very real possibility that if I tried to muscle through the next two years in spite of the tiredness, that I might get exhausted to a, a point of some danger and perhaps even have to stop anyway, in spite of my desire to continue for another two years. There was also the consideration that at this point, things were generally in pretty good shape in our province around the country, and that it would not be hard for another person to step in with everything really pretty much up and running and and going well. And then finally the consideration that I might actually be able to serve the Lord better and be more of an instrument for good by starting afresh in a new kind of ministry rather than continuing to drag somewhat in the ministry that I'd been doing for the past 10 years. So as I looked at all the advantages and disadvantages of the two options, my sense was that the preponderance of reasons suggested that it was time for someone else to take over this task and for me to move into another kind of ministry. But I wasn't really sure. So I had this conversation, shared this with um, 
my spiritual director, and this was the point in which he suggested to me that I now try the second way of doing third mode discernment. And this is exactly the situation in which St. Ignatius um, foresees us using this second way of doing third mode discernment. When we don't have clarity according to the first, nor according to the second mode of discernment, when we've tried the first way of doing third mode discernment with the four columns, perhaps have some sense of where we think the preponderance of reasons tends, but we don't have that kind of deep clarity that we need to conclude the discernment. In that situation, Ignatius invites us to try these simple tests which objectify the choice and help us to see it more clearly in this second way of doing third mode discernment so that I I ask myself what I would advise another person in my same situation. I ask myself, as my life is ending, which choice will I then wish I had made now and make that choice now? And then from the perspective of eternity, as I stand before God on the day of judgment, which choice from that perspective will I wish that I had made now and, of course, make that choice now? And so I I, I did this. Uh, A few days later, I sat down again in the chapel and began the second way of doing third mode discernment. And I never got past the the first of these tests because the moment I asked myself before the Lord what choice I would advise another person in my circumstances to make, it was immediately evident that I would never ask another person to continue in these conditions of tiredness in a role which was costing this much effort at this point. Actually, for 10 years, I'd been helping our men to make these kinds of choices. Was a man in a parish ready for a move into another ministry, was a man in retreat ministry, now ready for another kind of change, and had helped many of the men to make these kinds of decisions. And and I instantly realized that if any of the men had come to me in my circumstances at the moment with this kind of tiredness and a task, I would have quickly seen that it was time for some kind of a change to um, replenish the energies of, of this man. It was It was so clear to me that I immediately felt that I had my answer. And I don't think I even proceeded to the the second and third of the tests because it already seemed so clear to me. I brought this back a few days later to my spiritual director and he agreed that it seemed very clear that the discernment process was concluded and uh, advised me now to speak with our superior general and share the fruits of this process. And when I did that, the general agreed that he thought the discernment was well done and things moved forward uh, from that point so that Probably about six months later, my successor was named, and he took on the task at that point. Actually, that was the point where I began the work, which leads to this conversation now. That's because my subsequent ministry was the um, retreats and also the writing, which has led to the books and to the kinds of conversation that we're having now. I, I really cannot doubt. I didn't doubt then, and I cannot doubt now that that discernment was truly in the Lord. Experiences like that have have taught me the power that there is in what seems so simple in um, the way Ignatius outlines the second way of doing the third mode discernment. When a person is in that specific situation that Ignatius has in mind as the time when we would use the second way, it can be enormously helpful and powerful in a person's life. It seems to me, Father Gallagher, a real key to this is not to rush, not to try to run to a, a decision but to take that time and to ponder 
and the anxiety that I need to have a decision, I have to have it now, I think that's the thing that can trip many of us up. Yes, and what that suggests is that if we are facing significant discernments, we do well to begin the process of discernment earlier rather than later, precisely so that um, we avoid a situation. Sometimes that's going to be inevitable. A man like in Brian's situation may get a call offering him a new job, and we need an answer by next week. You know that, mm-hmm. okay? Then then Brian will use the time and trust that God will God's grace will accompany him in the time that he has available. But if Brian is knows that a decision is coming up six months from now, then Brian can do nothing better than to begin now the process of discernment, so that we avoid that rushed and pressured situation as much as it lies within our power to avoid it. And this also points out why St. Ignatius speaks of this third mode of discernment as a discernment that we do in a tranquil time, which explicitly points out the fact that we cannot do third mode discernment well if we are under tremendous emotional pressure. We really need to be in a time when our heart is at peace. We pray for that. We seek that peace and calm and tranquility from the Lord, which then allows us to engage fruitfully in third mode discernment. I suppose it also points out why, if it really is a significant discernment, it's so helpful to have someone to talk to about it and to help us gauge where we are. You know, am I ready in the process and, and can we go forward with this? Before we leave this third mode of discernment, let's just review the different questions that a person might want to consider in making a third mode discernment. The first of these would be, have I researched well the different options? Has Brian researched well what it would mean to go into medicine? Does he know how many years of studies and the finances involved and uh, the possible relocations of the family and, and these kinds of things? Does he know what lies ahead as best he can foresee it in his present career in finance with his present company and so on? So that in order to do third discernment, third mode discernment well, we really have to have the relevant data. So there's a preparation on that level that has to precede our reflection so that when we consider the advantages and disadvantages, it's going to be solidly rooted in what's real. And then, uh, Chris, this ties right in with the question you've just asked. As I'm about to begin this third mode discernment, am I really in a tranquil time? Is my heart really at peace? Can I see that I'm not in the discouragement of spiritual desolation, nor in perhaps a very strong um, time of of wonderful and rich and joy-filled spiritual consolation, which is beautiful and a great gift from God, but makes it harder even then for me to simply calmly and peacefully see advantages and disadvantages in an option that I'm in a choice that I'm facing as I'm about to begin this third mode discernment is it clear that what I'm seeking here is simply what will promote God's greater glory that's really what I'm about in this that's the primary consideration above all others as to whether Brian will stay in finance or move into medicine which of these two options will promote God's greater glory that's really what I'm seeking in this Am I free to choose both options? Am I spiritually free? Do I see clearly that I have the necessary disposition, that I'm like a balance at equilibrium? Whatever you want, Lord, be it done to me according to your word. Just show me and my heart is ready to move one way or the other. As I'm moving into the discernment, have I sought God's help in prayer before I move into considering the advantages and disadvantages? Have I Beg the Lord for his light and his strength and his clarity as I'll move into the consideration of the advantages and disadvantages. Have I considered those carefully now as I go through the third mode discernment? Have I listed them in writing? 
so that I can see them all at once and get a total picture of what's of where these reasons seem to tend. And are the reasons that I am listing as advantages and disadvantages, are they faith-based? Are they advantages or disadvantages from the perspective of God's greater glory, as we've said? Having done all this, do I see toward which of the options the preponderance of reasons seems to lean? Do I see that clearly? And if I should not, if I don't feel that I yet have the clarity that I need, even after the four columns, have I employed the second way of doing third mode discernment with those three simple tests? Have I spoken about this with a spiritual guide? And once I feel that I have seen clearly, have I brought that in prayer to God for his confirmation? So those would be the kinds of questions that it's helpful to consider uh, if God is calling us to third mode discernment. What will happen in our lives if we go through a real discernment of God's will whenever we face choices of significance, even smaller choices in the the small daily discernments that we make, or in these greater choices, engaging in the wisdom that St. Ignatius offers to us. Well, I'll go back to that famous line from uh, Dante in his Divine Comedy, when he turns to God and says, in your will is our peace. There's something unshakable about us when we know that where we are and what we're doing, our vocation, our career, the way we're spending our time, our interactions with people, where we're living, what we're doing, that we know that this is what God's wills for us. We can carry all kinds of struggles and burdens. The joys are beautiful in in our life because we know that we're right where we need to be. In your will is our peace. So that the process of discernment the time involved, the thought, the prayer, the uh, conversation with a spiritual guide and significant choices and all the rest of it does cost some effort, but it is an effort which pays incredibly rich dividends in the spiritual life and above all in a deep-seated peace which tells us that our life is solidly on track toward God in this life and toward eternity. Father Gallagher, I think we've all just been greatly blessed in the fact that you did take care in that discernment uh, years ago that would lead you down this new path that has instructed us all in in the wise counsel that St. Ignatius of Loyola has provided for us. And uh, we just appreciate you so much, and we just thank you for the, the great blessing of your ability to be able to communicate that all to us and to share that with us. Well, thank you, Chris. It's all a privilege. You've been listening to What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we ask that you tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher.